Hello, everyone. Welcome to the episode of Feel Into Your Intuitive Power on the Shakti Power podcast. I'm super excited to talk about this because intuition is near and dear to my heart, and it's on the minds of a lot of people right now. Everyone's talking about intuition and the different ways you can define it and the different ways you can work with it in your life. And so there's just a lot of chatter and a lot of great wisdom being thrown around at the moment around intuition. So I would love to shed some light upon this topic of how Shakti adds power and wisdom in the realm of intuition. And that's going to be our topic of the show today. So what do you think of when you think about intuition? How do you define it? You know, is it in your field? Is it in your day-to-day way of living? Or is it something that you read about? Is it something that other people do? Is it not for you? Because everyone has intuition, right? Everyone has it. Most people are scared of it. Even people with the gift of sight, of clairvoyance and clairaudience, some people are born with this gift and sometimes they're scared of it. So what I'm going to do is talk about intuition and the different forms it takes and how you can really tune into it no matter where you are in your journey of intuition, whether you're new to it, whether you've been feeling it all along, whether or not you have the gift None of that matters. This show is open to people at all levels, at every stage in the journey, and I hope to deepen your knowledge of intuition wherever you are. Our intuition is always there, whether we're aware or not. And Arianna Huffington, who's, you know, of course, as you know, the Huffington Post president and editor-in-chief, puts this in her book, Thrive. She has a great quote, and I want to share that with you. Even when we're not in a fork of the road, wondering what to do and trying to hear that inner voice, our intuition is always there, always reading the situation, always trying to steer us the right way. But can we hear it? Are we paying attention? Are we living a life that keeps the pathway to our intuition unblocked? Feeding and nurturing our intuition and living a life in which we can make use of its wisdom is one key way to thrive at work and in life. So what a wonderful quote. I love her quote because she really summarizes the beauty, the power, and the magic of intuition and how you can work with it. She talks about, you know, there's this field of information and wisdom that you can tap into. And that that field has to be clear. You know, so can we hear it? Are we so busy in our day-to-day, running around, being connected to digital devices? We're so tired at the end of the day. Are we even able to feel it, to hear it? And the second thing she says that I really love is, you know, are we feeding and nurturing this intuition? Are we living a life and we can make use of its wisdom? So that's what we're going to talk about today is all the ways you can feed and nurture your intuition. I've got eight great steps of stepping into your intuitive power that we're going to talk about a little bit later. And as you all know, I'm a priestess, oracle, and channel. 
and the sacred feminine consistently comes through me. I channel this divine feminine energy on a daily basis. And her teachings come through me because I keep my channel pure. I make time to do the things to stay receptive, reflective, open, connecting to the environment around me, to the field around me. And you can do this too. Um, It takes time to develop, master, and trust this inner voice. I want to help you develop this gift and get clarity around it. So let's talk about what do intuitive people do differently? Well, the first thing's for sure, they listen to that intuitive voice, that inner voice. That means learning how to listen rather than ignore and you know the guidance of their intuitions and gut feelings. They really tune in, whether it's through meditation or just sitting still or taking a walk in nature or running, even washing the dishes. Anything that's receptive, that keeps you in a place of openness and... You're not being, you don't have that mind chatter going on. You don't have people surrounding you and music blasting and the car horn and babies crying and children in the background and people demanding things of you. You know, you have some time for solitude. So people that are intuitive definitely listen to their inner voice. They also take time for solitude, whether it's laying in a hammock or, you know, closing the door when you come home and saying to your partner and kids, honey, I just need 20 minutes to wind down and I'll be, I'll be right back. So that 20 minutes is sacred self-solitude time for you. It could be at the end of the night as well. If you're reading a book and just enjoying that one-on-one time, it could be you looking at the stars after dinner, going outside of your house and really connecting to that vast creative universe. It could be you in yoga and Pilates and just making that commitment to solitude for yourself one hour a week, two hours a week. It connects you. Trust me, it connects you. Another thing that intuitive people do differently is they create. Creative expression and creativity is the fastest way to develop intuition because we're all waiting for insight and inspiration as artists. That's the first half of creation, right? The first half is waiting for that great idea, waiting for that great inspirational moment, waiting for that aha. And for that, you have to be receptive. And then when you get those juicy moments of inspiration, when spirit comes through you, you start to create, you start to manifest. You either paint or write it out or poetry, it becomes a stream of consciousness. And the more you tap into that process of creativity, you tap into your intuition because you trust it. You know you're going to get an inspired idea, an inspired thought. You just need to to be in a place of readiness to be open and receive it. Another thing that creative people and intuitive people do is they practice mindfulness. Mindfulness can help you filter out mental chatter. You know, and this ways on your options objectively, you can tune into your intuition and ultimately make a decision that you can stand behind completely. And so mindfulness is when you really slow down and you feel your breath, you put your hand on your heart, you can hear your heartbeat, you can hear all the noises around you and you're open to that. You become still and one with your body, one with your environment. And that's when you can hear that voice that deep inner voice that says, go for this, go over here, do it, cut it, 
move here, say no to this person. So mindfulness is a great way to get still. And there's tons of mindfulness techniques out there that we're going to cover later. It's just a great technique to tap into your intuition. Also, intuitive people observe and reflect and they feel coincidences and synchronicity. So they notice when odd things happen and they know that they start to have a keen sense for how often coincidences happen and surprising connections and on-the-dot intuitions. When you're connected to your intuition, which means you're connected to the intuitive field of the environment around you, which means you're connected to the intuitive fields of other people around you, you start to connect, right? You start to connect like you want a job and two hours later you're in the supermarket and you'll meet someone who is works at the same company that you are applying for or someone mentions a message and you get an idea of, oh, I should apply here or someone gives you their card to recruiter where you want to apply. So that level of synchronicity is beautiful, perfect, and trust me, it's no coincidence. When you tap into your intuition, these synchronicities become a way of life and you trust that the universe has your back because you are following your inner voice, your inner compass, and it's leading you to where you need to be. Another thing intuitive people do is they listen to their bodies. They totally tune into their bodies and listen to their gut feelings. This is where Shakti is very much a part of the intuitive power. She comes through your body. You can either feel her in your feet, whether you're feeling grounded or not. You can feel if you are connecting to someone through your womb, through your, through your sacral chakra. You know, if you feel safe, if the emotions are flowing, if there's an attraction, she will help you feel into your body. You'll get a gut punch in your solar plexus, in your stomach area, if you don't like what someone is telling you. If you feel that this is not a good idea, if you feel like someone is lying to you, you can feel it in your stomach. It will, it'll feel off. Also, when you start to fall in love, you get those butterflies. However, those butterflies come for a different reason. They come when um, you're in a state of push and pull and uncertainty, and you don't know if you're in love or not, and that creates this adrenaline rush. So, however, all of this means that you need to trust your body. In your heart, you can feel Shakti flowing through you when it starts to burn or open up or when heat is in your body. The best way to listen to your body is when it's talking to you, when you are menstruating, when you're on your period, when you're in pain. That's the perfect time to sit still and listen to your body. When I dance, I listen to my body. My body tells me when to move, how to move, where to move. The music doesn't tell me, my mind sure doesn't tell me, my body tells me. And it's because I'm so connected to my body, I'm so connected to my heart and my womb and my feet. And I meditate before I dance. I pray before I dance, I get still before I dance. So your body is a tremendous asset, you know, in your intuition. Another thing intuitive people do is connect deeply with others. This is trusting your Shakti heart, right? This is what I call empathy. When you're tuning into your emotions and spending time by observing and listening to others, hugging them, 
listening to them, nurturing that relationship and that communication. And this nurturing, this, this beautiful moment-to-moment, body-to-body, heart-to-heart connection is where Shakti can really flow. Her feminine force, her feminine beauty loves to attract and be in this energy. So when you're connecting deeply with others through love, through song, through devotion, she flows through you. I remember when I was in Ibiza, we would be in singing circles a lot. And uh, even in yoga studios in San Francisco and New York, there's this um, beautiful devotional practice called kirtan, and they're kirtan circles. So we sing these deeply devotional Vedic songs in a circle, and literally my heart bursts open, my throat bursts open, and I can feel this beautiful mother energy flowing through me, the shakti energy, the shakti power. And she flows through an open heart. She flows through the open hands who are in deep surrender of her love and her healing. So this is another way you can get very in tune with your intuition is through singing, connecting deeply with your own heart. And devotional chanting, devotional singing is a superb way of doing that. The last thing I want to talk about before I get into my eight steps to step into your, sorry, eight ways to step into your intuitive power is dream time and downtime. Your dreams are a way to get in touch with your mind's unconscious thinking. So the subconscious holds so much information, so much power. We can't even begin to understand this part of our mind, but we can start to pay attention by listening to our dreams because both dreams and intuition come from the same place. It comes from the dark, the deep, the unconscious. So dream time and downtime are great ways of tapping into your intuition. And things that stifle intuition are constant busyness, multitasking, digital devices, stress, and burnout. So sacred self-love, downtime, tuning into your body, your heart, reflecting, being synchronous, all that really slows everything down. It puts you in surrender. It puts you in your feminine, receptive, reflective state where Shakti can flow through you, right? Shakti did not flow through me when I was a busy corporate woman running around like a chicken with her head cut off, going from meeting to meeting, you know, working 9 to 12 at night. Shakti was not flowing through me because I was not in a state to accept her and all the wisdom she had to bring. Only when I allowed her, when I slowed down, when I surrendered, when I did daily acts of self-love and I took care of myself and I tapped into, into my intuition, did I make space for her to come? So I encourage you to make that downtime for yourselves. And I get asked many questions on how to develop that downtime, how to develop a spiritual practice of tools and rituals related to Shakti and the goddess. And there's so many modalities like runes, crystals, tarot, and divination. So where does one begin? How do you choose? I'm hoping that I can shed some light on that and guide you and help you decide which modality you're drawn to. It's better to start with one, master the beginner's level, and then move on to the next. So to practice intuitive power and connect with your Shakti, you need a daily spiritual practice. This is your base. 
your temple. With this foundation, your rituals and tools will return more power to you. So here are feminine magic sacred tools. The eight ways I think you can step into your intuitive power. And this is how to put it into practice. This is how you walk it. This is how you vibrate it. And this is how you really shift into your intuitive power. So the first tool, as we spoke about before, is meditation and mindfulness. With practice, you start noticing the quiet voice within. Meditation helps you get quiet and be in the present moment. So the quickest thing to do is on your bed, put a mat on the floor, or even get a room in your office. Turn off the lights and sit with your feet firmly on the ground and your hands, you know, palms facing up and your eyes closed. And just breathe. Take three deep breaths really deep into your belly and just breathe and listen to your breath. It's okay if thoughts come, but just breathe and really tune into the present moment. The key to increasing your intuitive awareness here is to stay very present. Intuition lives in the present, so you can start to feel your body, where you feel strongly when your intuition is speaking to you, Maybe you've got a pain in your body and so your intuition is saying, get a massage. Or maybe you get a really great idea for work, for a meeting, for a presentation, and that's the moment it comes through. So you can learn a lot about breathing techniques and how to sit and how to literally go from your forehead to your nose, to your lips, to your throat, to your heart and rib cage, to your stomach down to your sacral area, your womb, to your roots, to from your legs, thighs, and to your feet. You can learn the techniques of how to scan your body like that through intuition and mindfulness. You can read through books or you can go to YouTube. You can even take a mindfulness class or work with a coach. I highly recommend mindfulness meditation. It just slows you down. It literally puts you into alpha. There's waves that your body has. There's theta waves, alpha waves, beta waves, delta waves. And that is usually a sign of how fast your frequency is moving. When you slow your frequency down, that's when the most is wisdom and information can come to you. So this is where meditation and mindfulness really can help you. If you practice that daily, start practicing that once a week, twice a week, you can take five minutes in the morning before you wake up. You can do it after lunchtime or in the afternoon as a quick pick-me-up and coffee break. It's, it's pretty easy to do. And you can do it five minutes a day. You can start with five minutes a day. How easy is that? Five minutes a day. The second thing that is a great tool to have in your little intuition toolbox is crystals. You can place beautiful crystals from the earth in your hands and breathe into the crystal and breathe out of the crystal. On all of the out-breaths, allow your tension to flow through you and straight into the crystal. Next, just open up and allow yourself to feel the energy of your crystal. Ask your crystal to show itself to you and listen with your heart. Really feel with your heart. Draw the energy in an effortless manner through your hands and into your heart. You may feel instantly at peace, or you may get a burst, a jolt of energy. Keep yourself open and watch all that's happening. And watch for any color you may be given. 
and or any name that are coming through you, any names that are coming through you, any ideas that are planted in your mind. Crystals are great transmitters of energy. So when you work with crystals, you can really enhance the information that's flowing through you. You can even enhance your soul qualities that you want to enhance in your life. So for if you work with rose quartz, for example, you can really work with compassion and self-love. If you work with lapis lazuli, that can really help you with your third eye, your throat chakra, and intuition. If you work with black tourmaline, you can release worry and get grounded. Red jasper is also wonderful for grounding. It's an earth stone. It's red energy connected to Sedona and the Southwest and the desert. It's wonderful. Tiger's eye is for courage and confidence. Turquoise for healing and travel. Amethyst is great for meditation and relaxation. So if you want to amplify your meditation practice, you can sit with an amethyst stone, an amethyst crystal, and really deepen your meditation and relaxation practice. Jade is for luck and prosperity, and citrine is for business. The third tool in your intuition toolbox is dream work. Acquiring the ability to interpret your dreams is a powerful tool. In analyzing your dreams, you can learn about your deep secrets and hidden feelings. So each symbol re represents a mood, a memory, or something from your unconscious. Here is your opportunity to look closely at the characters, animals, objects, places, emotions, and even color and numbers that are depicted in your dreams. It's a rich landscape that comes to life. And if you can make a practice of listening to your dreams, feeling into your dreams, and keeping a journal so that you can write down your dreams, when you wake up in the morning, if you can do this for six months, I guarantee you will increase your intuition. Dream work is powerful. And keeping a dream journal, writing your dreams down every day is super powerful. When you can get close to your dreams like this, here are a few things I recommend. Write down your recurring dream symbolism. For instance, are you in a house? Are you with a partner? Are you on a plane? Are you flying? Are you with your family? This will pretty much inform what's going on in your waking life. Anything that's kept buried in your emotions, anything that you're not paying attention to in your waking life will surely appear in your dreams. Is there water in your dreams? That usually means emotions. Is it a tidal wave? Is it a tsunami? Is it a lake? Is it a pond? Flying dreams mean freedom and liberation from a previous limitation. Marriage means a union of a certain part of yourself with another part. Trains and buses mean you're in transition from one part of your life into another. An elevator shows you that you're moving into higher consciousness or that you're going lower, you're going deeper. Silver means receptivity and intuition and directly relates to the moon. Gold means action, prosperity, and joy. This color directly relates to the sun. So there's a website that I love to go to. You can just Google Tony Crisp, Dreamhawk, and he's just wonderful. He has the interpretations of every kind of dream symbol you can imagine. And you can just Google dream symbol and then insert whatever you've been dreaming about. 
and come across different sites. But it's not just about looking at the symbol, it's the context. You know, who were you with? How were you feeling? How did one thing relate to another? And so Tony Crisp does a really nice um, analysis. You know, he analyzes people's dreams. He lets you know if this was happening in context to another thing, how you can interpret it. So I recommend that you go to his site. It could be a wealth of information for you. Another great tool in your toolbox is shamanic work. Shamanism is humanity's most enduring healing practice. And, you know, I'm humbled by it. Its roots touch every continent and culture on earth. Intuitive shamanic work focuses on clearing and strengthening your energy field. For most people, the benefits are a feeling of release, of being lighter, the path of the shaman is the path of the wounded healer. We are always a student and always working on our healing and growth. And this becomes our medicine. As shamans travel through life, as healers travel through life, we sometimes need help identifying and healing certain issues that have imprinted themselves in our energy field. So this could be like a soul fracture. This could be a traumatic event that happened to you that you haven't let go of and it's gone deep into your body and your soul and it's imprinted itself. By removing the imprint that keeps us in a repeating pattern of pain, we can create an energetic shift that gives us new insights, allowing healing and the opportunity to make new life choices with greater ease. And um, I did tremendous deep healing work with my shaman in Ibiza. Her name is Diana. And I had to go through multiple levels of soul retrieval to access Shakti again, to access my oracle powers and my priestess powers. Because um, these ancient women, these ancient wise and holy women had very painful past lives. We were exiled and tortured and ridiculed and humiliated and the price we paid for our gift was pretty high so those soul fractures and imprints were still very much in my energy field so I work with Diana with shamanic soul retrieval to really clear myself out so I could become a clear channel the clear channel I am today and um, if you're interested in exploring your shamanic gifts because I know many of you listening out there are Many of you have tremendous power and gifts that are either fully being expressed right now or they're buried. You don't even know about it. So start learning about animal guides and totems and medicine, shamanic ritual, energy work, shadow work, channeling and the Akashic record readings. The, the shaman is usually in your ancestry. It's usually something that your mother is, your grandmother was, your great-grandmother. It's your medicine woman. It's in your, it's in your blood. It's in your lineage. It's in your family line. And the sooner you get to that gift and start being busy expressing those gifts, you know, the sooner you'll feel lighter and free. So another tool I want to talk about is dowsing. Dowsing is a way of channeling your intuition. You can use a pendulum. Um, you can take any kind of pendulum um, crystal. They come in quartz or tourmaline, different kinds of crystals. And you can literally just hold it, hold the chain, and it'll start to 
connect with Earth's vibrational field. It'll start to circle. And you can ask the pendulum a question, you know, is this relationship for my highest good? Is this job for my highest good? And you can ask the pendulum to say yes or no. So first you ask three or four questions. Number one, what is yes? And if it moves to the right, clockwise, that's yes. And then you ask, what is no? If it moves counterclockwise, that means that is no. Then you ask the third question, may I ask some questions at this time? So you're offering yourself to this higher energy. You're asking the douse, the, the dousing process and the pendulum if you can be a part of this field, if you can invite yourself into this field. And then once you start asking your questions, if you can feel space opening up, that you're in the presence of your heart, proceed to ask your questions and trust your wisdom to interpret the answers. I've used dowsing in a lot of ways. One thing I want to make sure is, you know, don't ask 15 million questions back to back to back because that's coming from your ego, anxiety, and fear. It's really best to ask one or two questions that you really need to get direction around and decision around, and you are just tapping into this beautiful vibrational source of energy to give you some intuitive guidance. So dowsing is another great tool you can use. Runes is another tool that I just love. I love using the runes. The runes are an ancient, you know, it's an ancient practice from Scandinavia. So in Finland, in Norway, in in Scandinavia, in the time of the Vikings, this was earth magic. They really were connected to the earth. They really were connected to the ocean, to the cosmos, the trees, to that language. And there is evidence that the runes came out of that system of nature. So in addition to being a writing system, runes, which are stones with one letter etched into them, historically served a purpose of magic. If you study the runes, you are studying an ancient alphabet of nature. And you can use them to draw energy towards you or dispel negative energy away from you. So really get to know the alphabet and the ancient language of nature. I'll, If you guys want, I'll do runes as a different episode later on in the season. I'm happy to do that. It's just such a vast and extensive topic that it's, it's, I can't just cover it right now. But I would be happy to go deeper into it. Runes have helped me get a lot of clarity in life because they're so deep. They're so connected to the earth that you have to get still and you have to be really connected to what you're asking. And the direction, the directive you get is, is amazing. It's magical. Another thing that's magical that you should put in your toolbox is incantations. So incantations can be anything that comes from the word, logos. It can be prayers, affirmations. When you are on a journey of personal growth and you know, you're just going back and forth, making magic happen in your life, here is a powerful tool that you need to have in your spiritual toolbox. Repeating mantras, affirmations, invoking the goddess are powerful ways to manifest. Your word is your wand. That's what we say in magic, <laughs> because words generate energy. Words generate power. Words are born from intention. Words that become chants 
and mantras have the power to create and shape spirit into matter. It's unbelievable, but try it. Some prayers and affirmations that I love to work with when I'm working with Shakti is Divine Mother, thank you for helping me cherish my truth and beauty. I am the creator of my life. I build its foundation and I choose its contents. I am overflowing with joy and energy. I am full of health, vitality, and tranquility. I am superior to negative thoughts and low actions. I am unique, and I have access to my treasure and talents, which I use every day. I forgive my past, and I let go of anger to create space for new beginnings. I am guided in my every step by Shakti, and I have soul vision. So these are some ways that I connect to Shakti through divine prayer and affirmations. And I want to share a very beautiful prayer that I uh, chant every morning and every night before I go to sleep. And it's the Shakti Mantra. So I'm just going to say it once and then I want you to receive it. I'm going to be silent and I want you to receive the transmission. And I'll say it one more time after that. So take a deep breath with me. And imagine you're inflamed with fire and the flames of a beautiful, bright, radiant goddess. And she's coming closer to you. And you lay your forehead on the temple steps. And you rise with your arms out to the sky. And you say her name. You invoke her. You bring her closer to you. You are the channel for her love to enter you. Adi Shakti, Adi Shakti, Adi Shakti, Namo Namo. Surab Shakti, Surab Shakti, Surab Shakti, Namo Namo. Pritham Bhagavati, Pritham Bhagavati, Pritham Bhagavati, Namo Namo. Kundalini Mata Shakti, Mata Shakti, Mata Shakti. Namo Namo, Namo Namo, Namo Namo. Can you feel that space? Can you feel your heart opening? We've just invited Shakti in, <laughs> our divine blessed mother. So I'm going to say that slowly one more time. This is the Adi Shakti prayer. Adi Shakti, Adi Shakti, Adi Shakti, Namo Namo. Surab Shakti, Surab Shakti, Surab Shakti, Namo Namo. Pritam Bhagavati, Pritam Bhagavati, Pritam Bhagavati, Namo Namo. Kundalini Mata Shakti, Mata Shakti, Mata Shakti, Namo Namo, Namo Namo, Namo Namo. And this is a prayer and a mantra that will invite Shakti to dance into your life and to bless your life every day with power, strength, beauty, and boundaries, no matter what you need. She may appear one day as Durga Shakti, with boundaries and helping you to speak your truth. She may, she may appear one day as Gali Shakti, destroying, cutting down, getting you ill, getting you depressed so you can move energy through your body and die to something and emerge into your next resurrection. She may appear as Lakshmi Shakti, 
beautiful self-love, sacred self-times, you know, abundance, prosperity, riches, luck. She may appear as Saraswati Shakti, knowledge, wisdom, education, learning, knowing, intuition. So I invite you to speak the Shakti Mantra and see what shifts happen in your life. And the last but most beautiful tool I'd like to share with you is tarot and hermetic alchemy. This is pretty advanced stuff. So when you study hermetic alchemy and its symbols, when you study any esoteric visual guide, it'll unlock your memory to the spiritual alchemical process. You will learn to transform one form to another. So one way I love to introduce students and clients to hermetic alchemy, and let me step back. Let me let me just explain what hermetic alchemy is. Hermetic alchemy is um, a, a process that unfolded during the mystery schools of ancient times. And during this time um, in ancient Greece and ancient Egypt, and if you believe in Atlantis and Lemuria, Hermes was the, the god of um words and manifestation and alchemy. So he would teach, you know, how to transform one element into another. And it's a very deep, long learning process. It's a very deep, long learning curve. But once you understand the symbols, they just start singing to you. And the chances of those of you who are listening is that you have studied hermetic alchemy before. And one of the ways you've probably studied hermetic alchemy is through the tarot. And a tarot deck is um, a card, a divination tool filled with about 72 cards that have different pictures and symbols on them that have different meaning. And once placed in a certain spread, in a certain way, you can read a person's life story, patterns, the situation in relationships, where they are today, where they can be in the next three weeks to six months to a year. It's all through images. And so I definitely encourage you, if you are starting to enjoy tarot and learn tarot, buy the classic Rider Waite tarot deck and feel into the rich layers of the colors, elements, the courtiers, the characters, the events, the mythology, and all the astrological associations that come into each card. You look literally look at a card and you see a little boy holding a cup. But that card, I can guarantee you, has at least 30 you know, pieces of symbolism woven through that card. And each card has that many symbols woven in its rich landscape of images and, and rich tarot language. So it's a wonderful way to learn about the symbols and alchemy and, you know, ancient, it's the ancient language of interpretation. There's magic hidden in these cards and that magic is waiting for you to discover it. So if you look at the knight's cards, each knight is different. The knight of wands, you know, is riding through this blue sky. He's rushing on a red horse. You know, his plume of fire is blazing. He has a staff with with you know, buds growing, and there's the backdrop of the pyramids. So it's all about being charming and self-confident, daring, going on adventures, being passionate. Meanwhile, the Knight of Cups is very still on a white horse, and he holds a beautiful cup, and he's passing by an ocean on his way somewhere. And 
the mood of this card is, you know, someone who's romantic and imaginative, sensitive, res refined. He's going out on an adventure. He's traveling. He's romantic. He's probably on a journey of love. And I think of Lancelot, Lancelot Duloc of the Lake. The Knight of Swords, on the other hand, is cutting through the sky. He's cutting clouds. There's trees just, you know, being swept away by the wind and the horse, even the, the hair on the horse, it's like he's trotting through the sky. So this knight is direct, authoritative, incisive, logical. He's cutting. You know, he's just cutting through his sword of truth. And finally, the knight of pentacles. This knight is also very still and he's on the backdrop of this gorgeous golden light and he's holding a pentacle and there's seeds dropping onto the earth and the earth is you know sienna it's brown it's deep it's rich so this night is going to help you with business this night is earth strong unwavering cautious thorough realistic and hardworking and reliable like a taurus like a bull so i just read through four cards these nights and each of them were so different and when i was studying tarot i've, I've studied tarot for 15 years i'm part of the american tarot association the the journey you take with tarot is a lifelong journey every time you think you've learned one set or one level of mastery another rich level of information flows to you and every time you master one thing and you, you go to the next level you graduate to the next level so these are some really great tools in tapping into your intuition on inviting shakti into your life on getting still and um, really trusting that inner voice, really trusting that Shakti heart, that Shakti voice. And I want you to hear her. She's delicate one moment and beautiful the next. She's very directive sometimes. Not bossy, but just directive. She definitely lays down the directionals for you. And I want you to get to know her and invite her in your life. And these are different ways of, of practicing tools that are very easy for you to access. They're very easy for you to practice. And Shakti will hear you. When you call her, when you invite her, she will hear you. And I can't wait to hear what she has to say to you. I'm all open. So please do come to ShaktiPriestess.com. Sign up on my list for your free Shakti gift bundle, which has beautiful sacred gifts on tapping into your intuition. You can also come to Facebook, like Shakti Priestess online, and uh, there's tons of tips and tricks on around intuition there. I also invite you to come to our Shakti Power community on Facebook to learn more intuitive gifts and to connect with people who are practicing their intuitive gifts. It's been a pleasure to be with you all today. I'm so honored that you keep coming back and listening to the show. Thank you so much. And don't forget to shine your light, share your gifts, and dance into your power. Namaste.